0: Welcome to the Digital Nomad Café podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Café podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finan, and in today's episode, we're speaking with William Jenkins from mrjenks.com. William was born in Wales and grew up in Holland, and then settled in Ireland with his partner. He has a background in sales and a love for dressing well, has sparked this business idea that is Mr Jenks. Welcome, William.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Adam, and thanks for the intro.
0: No problem. So why don't we dig a little bit into you know who you are and what it is that you do, and um, you know where the idea for Mr Jenks came about.
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, after completing my college in Wales, uh, I decided to move over here. Um, seeing as I'm bilingual, this, this is where all the opportunities were for me. Uh, so I kicked off a career in, um, in IT sales um, and did that until I started my first business when I was 21, which was also an e-commerce business. Um, and then for the last three years, uh, I've been running Mr. Jenks, which is an online accessories store, um, which I've been running with my partner uh, online on the Shopify platform.
0: Perfect, and it's a it's a very luxury and high end brand. So, I suppose what what brought you to that decision that those were the sort of products that you were looking to make. And you know, when you had that idea, how did you how did you you know where did you start? How did you start looking for suppliers? I mean, where were you at the time? You know, were you living in Ireland when you decided you were going to go ahead and build this business? Can you give us a bit more context?
1: Yeah, so I was working at uh, at IBM at the time, um, and you know since since i started my previous business um you know which which failed in the end but i always wanted to start another one uh, so i always had this thing in the back of my mind and you know after finding that there was a lack of quality for you know luxury silk pocket squares in ireland i decided to start something myself uh, together with my partner so yeah it's something that i've always worn uh, whether it was you know uh, to you know casual day to day or to events um, and yeah, after after finding that there was a lack of quality in the stores in Ireland, but also online, uh, that's when I started to source, you know, look for uh, potential suppliers and uh, yeah, start offering this product in the Irish market.
0: And when you decided to, you know, you were going to, you know, you seen a niche in the market and you were going to get into it and, and try and find some quality products. Where did you start? Were you looking on Alibaba? Were you looking on, you know, just googling for suppliers? Like, where did did you know much about? I suppose the manufacturing process at this stage.
1: Yeah, so I started with a whole bunch of research. Um, so you know, when it comes to pocket squares, this might be double Dutch to you, no pun intended. But um, there, there's two types. There's uh, sil- silk screen printing, um, which is which is by hand. And then there's digital printing. So I started this whole uh, research to figure out which was the best for us. Um, and then, as you mentioned, then our first order actually came from China. And after we received those goods, we, we sold them uh, for the first three months. And because we didn't feel that the quality was quite there for us and for the brand that we were trying to build, uh, we decided to switch over to Italy.
0: Okay, and was it the same process where you just you know, kind of Googled around, reached out to some suppliers and, and started to build a bit of an understanding on what their minimum order quantities were and you know, did you have your designs in place at this time?
1: Yeah, so I've always had a strong interest in, uh, in menswear, um, especially classic menswear. So I followed a lot of, uh, a lot of blogs, uh, one in particular called Bespoke Dudes, uh, who would always, who would always, always uh, visit um, manufacturers in Italy whether it was a manufacturer of shirts pocket squares, ties, shoes um, so it was actually on his blog that, uh, that I picked up on one of the suppliers um, and then what I did was I carried out further research online um, and compared, I think it was three at the time three suppliers in Italy uh, compared the three um, and yeah, decided to go with one of them based on the quantities that, uh, that they were able to offer us and the quality of course um, and yeah, the rest is history. So we travelled back and forth to Como, where our supplier is based, um, and we've been working with them uh, ever since.
0: Amazing. So it all started with, I suppose you had a blog you followed, and they dropped, as you're saying, they dropped a, a supplier that you thought was interesting, and you went out and you did all your initial research and just got, you know, got the skin in the game really. Um, so once you got to that point and you had the products that you wanted, you'd sourced them, you know, you're, you'd made your initial order. And, you know, how did you start to build this momentum online? What did you do to start getting your first sales? Or did you approach with a retail mentality first? So can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, so I think before I jump into that, I think it was very important that um, when it came to offering pocket squares to uh, to the market, we needed to add our own twist, um, you know, and uh, create a unique selling point. So what we did was with the suppliers in Italy, we went through their archive Uh, which has loads of patterns dating back to um, the 1700s. And what we did was we would pick a particular pattern, and this is how we built our collection. And what we would say to our suppliers, we would say, we love that Paisley uh, pattern that you have there. Can we add a bit of green and pink to that? And then they'd create uh, that for us. So that's how we kind of built our first collection of pocket squares. Um, And the way we brought that to market, uh, Maeve has a very strong background in digital marketing. Uh, So we thought, you know, instead of going down the route where we don't have uh, so much strong experience in the traditional retail space, why not go digital? So what we did, we created profiles across uh, social media and one in particular, which is Instagram, uh, worked really well for us. Um, So by using the the right hashtags and by following the right people and, uh, you know, Creating the right content, uh, we actually managed to, you know, um, generate our first sale really quickly. I think it was even in the first week, um, and you know, in no time we had ten sales on Instagram, and we were able to scale from there by then running ads uh, and etc.
0: So it was very much a social media-led approach, and I suppose you know it's a very visual product, and and like you say, there's lots of lots of these bloggers and, and influencers who would be involved in. You know, dressing well and dressing smart. This is how they, you know, let, leverage themselves by working in conjunction with brands. But also, people follow certain hashtags. People follow certain styles and clothing on Instagram. So it all kind of worked well to have that social media first approach, as opposed to going, you know, straight to AdWords or, or waiting on, you know, your SEO to improve or something like that
1: yeah exactly and we kind of based on the research that we did we were able to figure out as well that our target audience uh would mainly be on instagram as well
0: cool and then th- as this progressed you know you you were featured on dragons Den. so can you you know dragons Den for anybody who's ever watched it is it, uh, what do they call it in america they have a different name for it uh, shark tank shark tank in america yeah and then you know in ireland and in the uk it's called dragons Den. and you know you're pitching your a percentage of your business for help from an investor from people who are you know um experienced business people so can you tell us a little bit about i suppose how you know how you got on there did you have to apply and then what the experience was like for yourself and your partner
1: yeah so we applied for dragons Den in 2016 and we were then featured on the show in 2017 and um, at that stage we had a good momentum of online sales uh, and we were also stocked in uh, nine retail stores on the on the high street across Ireland and the UK. Uh, so things had really picked up for us, and we had, we felt that we had built you know quite a, quite a strong brand in that in that short matter of time as well. So we felt, look, to take things to the next level, uh, we need further investment, and we started looking at our options. You know, whether it was going to a bank uh, or looking for uh, investors um, online, uh, but we actually felt that uh, Dragons Den would be a great fit because of you know for PR obviously as well and because of the skills that the dragons had so yeah we applied um, and we were invited for an interview uh, where we basically presented our business plan and our products and where we would be able to show our face uh, to the directors as well and yeah, the next the next step was was another interview uh, where they you know went through the finer details of our finances and stuff like that. Um, and then there was there was quite a bit of a wait, uh, so they they kept us uh, they kept us hanging for quite a bit. So that was quite nerve wracking. Uh, but I think after six weeks, then we found out that uh, yeah, that we were picked out of I think the five hundred applicants that applied.
0: It's, it's a good lot of people trying to get on there. But I'll in- I'll include a. And embed of the video beneath this episode on on the page and the, uh, on the website. It'll be digitalnomadcafe.com forward slash episode five, and I'll include a link to the to the YouTube video. I'll embed the YouTube video there where people can watch the actual um, the show itself. So, <laughs> have you watched it back many times since since you since you're on?
1: Well, we, we didn't get the investment, but it's one of those things. It's like hearing your own voice. I, I cringe when I when I see it. So uh, I try to avoid it, but uh, to be honest with you, it was it, it was a really good experience. and uh, I would certainly do it again whether it was with Mr. Jenks or with another business. Yeah, it's it's definitely something I recommend to other entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, I imagine. So I have some friends who've gone for things like, you know, the entrepreneur of the year and business of the year. And I mean, they really make you look at your business, you know, like they look at it in a very objective way where it's very much about the numbers and the financial aspect and like what are your real plans? And, you know, I suppose for people who are working online sometimes and, you know, even the people who are in the digital nomad freelancer positions, they might not be asking those sort of questions of themselves you know sometimes they can just kind of go along with the momentum that they build but when you when you're pitching yourself for something like this I mean you've really got to have your you know your business plan in order
1: yeah exactly you know you kind of learn you kind of learn more stuff about uh, your business during that process because you really have to dig deep in you know in your profit or loss and uh, other financial aspects of the business but you also learn a lot about yourself during that process as well
0: yeah, I mean, one of the core things that came out of yours was they wanted you to switch back to sourcing from China, but you were like, no, that's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we're offering a certain quality to our customers, which they now expect. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're sticking to that ethos. And I felt, and May felt as well, uh, that it was only right to stick to our guns.
0: Look, it makes for good watching. It's it's about eight eight minutes or so, so I'll I'll make sure to include it. But yeah, nerve wracking too. I'm sure like you were nervous going up there, were you? Or were you like cool as a breeze? You've got experience in sales, you know, years in the sales position, so it's full of awkward conversations. So were you just like, gosh, ah, just another sales pitch?
1: No, not at all. I, I think no matter what type of uh experience you have in sales or whatever, it's you, you're always gonna be a bit nervous because You know, we had, you know, we had really practiced our pitch a lot and, you know, we knew our numbers inside out. So we were well prepared. Uh, But on the day, the moment that you walk out and all the cameramen and the lights are on you and, you know, you have the dragon sitting in front of you, there's, yeah, there's nothing like that. It really is a a nerve wracking experience. But like I said, I do it again any day.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he delivered it very well. I mean, a lot of people, me included, oh, have you. gone to do things like that. And you just like but <laughs> the words, <laughs> the words can lose you, you know, or you can lose the words at that, at that given moment, you know. So, um, OK, so let's dig a little bit more into, I suppose, the, the online side of things. So, you know, have you got a couple of, of tools that you would use on the regular? You know, what helps to run the business, um, you know, for, for yourself?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned that you know we use uh, we use Shopify uh, for our online store, which we've been using since uh, since two thousand fifteen, uh, which has been great for us. Um, you know, I started building the website myself uh, compared to using agencies with my previous business, which uh, ran on uh, on WordPress. So that that experience alone was uh, yeah was second to none. Was it was really good, um, and then from tools that that maybe myself would use uh, on a day to day basis. We would use G Suite for, for, you know, for everything, for sharing files and whatnot um, and for our email communication as well. And then we would use uh, Trello as well to kind of keep up to date with the business and, um, yeah, basically switch tasks. Uh, So Maeve would put her tasks there and I would put mine because uh, she would focus perhaps more on the digital marketing side of things. uh, And I would focus more on the sales and e-com side of the business. So that's how we kind of split that up into Trello.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody has their favorite. It's usually either Asana or Trello. So comes up in every episode. <laughs> everybody has their favorite. So I mean, I suppose you just do what works for you. But it's just about having a project management tool and making sure that no matter what it is that you're doing, that you know things are moving along and things are organized. So
1: yeah, one thing, one thing, another tool that uh, that we use as well, uh, which I found really good, is Zero uh, for all our accounting. Um, and for the financial aspects of the business. So, yeah, I found that extremely easy to use as well. And, you know, it allows you to pull reports um, on the business, like your profit and loss or your your cash flow. Um, So, yeah, that's really giving us a good grasp on the financial side of things as well.
0: Perfect. And I suppose you also have an element of the business. Now, I know we kind of briefly touched and skipped over, but I'd like to dig back because I know that when you decided, when you got your products and you wanted to get into retail, what did you do? Because I know, like, there was a lot of there was a lot of work and hustle involved up front in that regard. So, like, getting getting your products into retail establishments is obviously a very positive thing because you can get big orders, you can have recurring orders, and you know these things are crucial for cash flow for a business. So, can you just touch a little bit on on how you how you approached that and and how you got into it, if you don't mind me asking.
1: Yeah, no, of course. That to be honest with you, the whole retail thing was yeah a complete completely new world to Mave and I. Um, but the way we kind of approached it was, we Mave also works in also works in sales, and sales is my background. So we u- really used the skills that that we had so what we would do is we would make a list of all the menswear stores in Ireland and the UK that we felt would be a good fit for our business we'd put them in an excel sheet um, you know with the contacts that we could find on linkedin or on other websites uh, but the phone numbers there and basically we would split that list in half and we would basically cold call everyone and that's the kind of way we approached it so you know we would touch base with a with a shop first and you know pitch our business and pitch ourselves um and then very often, uh, we'd schedule a second meet-up. So, for instance, we would say, oh, look, we come by on Saturday morning before the shop opens, uh, where we can bring along some products. Um, and that's that's kind of how we went about that sales process uh, and how we secured uh, retailers.
0: Just pure old-school sales tactics, really. <laughs>
1: Pure cold calling, and you know it. It was tough. Not everybody was as easy as uh, as one another. Um, you know, some were harsher than than others. But uh, no, overall, it was uh, again one of those experiences that. Uh yeah that you know that kind of builds you up to these kind of things
0: that's it but i mean in the long run it paid off and you know you're really just transferring your skills from your, your current jobs into into your own business really and sales is a skill that no matter what it is that you do it's it's important to have you know everybody needs to develop that sales skill and you know it's like a muscle isn't it? you know the more you do it the, the easier it becomes and the stronger you get at it so
1: um well that's it as we went through the list you know the first three calls you're like oh, a bit, bit nervous and whatnot but as you start working your way down you start becoming more confident and yeah the, the pitch starts getting easier uh, but yeah it was certainly a good move because look we landed ourselves in the likes of Arnott, uh Louis Copeland which are both very popular here in Ireland um, and then also on Savile Row in the UK. So, yeah, no, no regrets there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, look, fair play. It's just a good, it's a good element because a lot of people, you know, who a lot of people might just have an online first approach, but especially if you're holding the stock and you're not approaching like a dropship model where like you you have units there and you want to try and build up the bigger orders so you can reduce your costs from your suppliers. You know, having s- shops stocking your products is a really positive thing to to have going for your business, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing I would say around it is that you know cold calling that list and getting our products into stores was great, but the moment we got that first order from a retail store and they started asking about our payment terms and you know we we realized that we had to include a packaging slip, uh, you know, in the in the box. Mave and I looked at each other and thought, "What the hell are they on about?" So it was it was really something that we had to learn, um, you know, through online and maybe you know through. A, Just asking as well, asking the retailers, like, oh, look, do you mind clarifying what that means or whatnot?" So, yeah, it was really a whole new experience to us as well.
0: Yeah, I I would have worked a little bit in, um, I worked for a big e-commerce company and they also had a retail business and there's a lot of that and every supplier has their own terms and how long you get the credit for and you get the stock for X amount of time. And, you know, there's a lot of, you you really have to get your, your paperwork in order really is what it is. Like how, what are your terms for giving them these products? How long do they have to pay you? You know, there's a lot of do they do they get to give the stock back to you? You, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, I guess, that you have to refine and, and get clear on before, well, before or during you're going through this process of trying to get your products into retail.
1: Exactly, it was a whole new world for us, but uh, yeah, good experience.
0: Yes, and so I suppose the next um, next big venture that um, you're looking to, um, you know explore is possibly selling on you know one of the marketplaces one of the biggest marketplaces which is uh which is the likes of amazon or on ebay so can you tell us a little bit about um you know what your plans are for this moving forward
1: yeah so look amazon certainly can't be ignored and i know that uh, that they're kind of struggling with the fashion side of things in terms of getting the big brands onto the platform but i think for small brands like ourselves uh, it certainly can't be ignored when you look at the volume of sales that that they're doing and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that we're exploring. I feel that our products would be a good fit for the for the platform, even though we're a luxury brand. I, like I said, I, I think it can't be ignored. Uh, so yeah, we're in the process of uh, of kicking that off and seeing how we can kind of streamline Shopify and Amazon together uh, in terms of syncing that inventory um, across both platforms. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, ex- what comes from it.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And are you looking to get into sourcing some different products from um, from China or anything to sell uh, like under new business ventures, or are you sticking with Mister Jenks and and just kind of narrowed in focus on that for now?
1: Yeah, I would say we're focused on this for now. We just launched our new wedding collection for this uh, for this season, which has been doing well. So yeah, we're we're probably going to be leaning towards towards new products. Um, But yeah, it it all comes down to research.
0: And we suppose what you you mentioned that your store is on Shopify. So just, um, you know, do you have like a favorite app that you use or, you know, like one or two apps that you felt were really beneficial for your business? So before we kind of move on to the next area, so was there any apps that you felt were were really good for for your store that, you know, just worked for you? I know you mentioned zero, actually, so that's probably one.
1: Uh, yeah so two that we uh, that would really stand out for me would be Mailchimp, uh, the way that integrates with uh, with shopify um, so that's something we we used heavily on, um, on Mr. Jenks um, and then another one would be the uh, bundles app by uh, by bold um, So what we've done there with our latest wedding collection is that you know the wedding collection exists out of three products it's a pocket square, a tie and a lapel pin. Uh, so what we're offering online is, look, if you buy these three products together, you're actually going to save ten percent. Um, and yeah, we've seen some really nice results from uh, from using that app uh, recently as well.
0: Nice, yeah. Some of the bold apps have had some great upgrades in the last couple of weeks as well. So it's very solid and a solid offering across their apps. They're they're really good, most of them. Yeah, they're great. Okay, so I'm just going to do a little bit of a quick fire round, right? So this is really just a couple of questions, uh, you know, say the first answer that comes to your mind. So, Yep, I'm ready. Asana or Trello? Trello. Fiverr or Upwork? I've
1: used Fiverr more than Upwork to date, so I would say Fiverr.
0: Favorite social media platform for your business? Instagram. What's your favorite holiday destination? Italy. What's your favorite city to be as a digital nomad? Singapore. What's the last book you read?
1: Oh, God. Uh, good question. I've actually forgotten the name of it, but it's by the founder of Nike.
0: Oh, yeah. That's on my like next one to read list. I can't remember the name of it either, but I've heard so many people talk about it.
1: <laughs> it's so good, yeah. So, yeah, get, get into that because it's, yeah, it's brilliant.
0: What's your favorite podcast?
1: Joe Rogan. Uh,
0: two blogs that you follow? Uh, the Bespoke Dudes. Uh, let me think of another
1: one. I'm going to have to stick to The Bespoke Dudes for now. Ad.
0: Fair enough. No, that's no worries. And do you use a Mac or Windows? Uh, Mac. Perfect. So yeah, just kind of like to do that just to get it on top, just to see what most people use. So we did touch a little bit there. Now you said you use Fiverr more than Upwork. So, you know, just with your business, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about the experience of hiring, you know, hiring people, hiring staff or hiring freelancers to do some work? So, you know, where would you normally go for this? Do you have people who you would give recurring business to at this point? How does that all work?
1: Yeah. So the way I've uh, I've gone about that is I have basic HTML and CSS um, knowledge, but I found that you know with building my own themes um, or you know customizing the themes, there were also always some limitations. I would run into certain roadblocks. Um, so yeah, I've often used Fiverr to find uh, Shopify developers on there, uh, which have been great. Um, and yeah, over the last few years, then I've uh, I found someone who I've built a great relationship on Fiverr that yeah does regular work for us when uh, when needed. Um, now, in terms of advertising, we've used uh, yeah we've used an agency here in Dublin, which uh, which worked great for us. But yeah, the as you as you're probably aware, the charges that come with agencies can be quite high. So. We just did it during uh, during busy seasons, such as Christmas and stuff like that.
0: Fair enough. So just when you need to, when you need to make sure you have all these campaigns up and running, so um, hire in to help at the needed times. And I suppose it gives you that flexibility too when you're hiring ad hoc for freelancers. So you don't have to have uh, you know you don't have to have recurring work tied up for somebody. So it's pri- it's primarily yourself and and maeve who runs the business, isn't that correct?
1: Yes, it, it would be the two of us. Uh, so like I said, Maeve would do a lot of the digital, digital marketing um, and I would do a lot of the e-commerce uh, e commerce stuff.
0: Perfect. So let's just kind of get into, you know, if, if somebody is listening to this now and they were looking to get started, they want to get their own products, their, their own store up and running, um, you know, look looking back at yourself, you know, three years ago, kind of at square one with no sales and you weren't in any retail locations, you know, what... You know, what advice or, you know, what, um, you know, in hindsight, what would you say to somebody who's in that situation who, who's, you know, they want to get into it now, but they're just not too sure what the next steps are?
1: Yeah, it sounds cliche, cliche, but I would say go for it um, and don't be afraid to pick up the phone as well. Uh, you know, like we did with the cold call. And I think human connection is so important, whether it's looking for a mentor um, or getting yourself into the doors with retail. So yeah, I would say pick up the phone, make that human connection. Um, And one thing that I still regret to date, which we should have done much sooner, is uh, outsource your shipping. So go with a fulfillment center uh, or yeah, something like that, because we spent way too much time going back and forth to the post office.
0: Oh man, I used to do a lot of stuff on eBay, and I remember I have pictures of my boots from November till January, just wedged every day it's, it's not nice because you're just packing on your living sitting room floor all day all evening it sucks that's the thing
1: and you know you can use that time towards something much better you know in order to scale that business so yeah outsource shipping that's something that i would have done much sooner if uh, if i look back
0: yeah well there, there are fulfillment centers you can use and then you know some other people would use uh, amazon fba but that's only if you're on you know, if you're selling on Amazon, but if you're looking, you know, if you're selling through a Shopify store, you could be using a fulfillment center instead. And there's fulfillment centers in in most countries. You know, definitely throughout Ireland and the UK. So yeah, exactly. Just something you touched on there um, was, you know, picking up the phone to get on, to get on, you know, to help increase sales and to get that human connection going with people. So did you, at any stage, have you ever paid for like mentorship or a course to to help you along the way, or was this, just, or was this you know just kind of learning as you go process
1: so i paid for one course before starting a business which was uh, called starting your own business through the local enterprise office uh which was a six weeks course uh one evening a week um so i did that uh but yeah outside of that we didn't pay for any mentorship so what we did at was we would basically look at people on linkedin that we felt had the experience that we could learn from so whether it was Um, you know, uh, buyers in luxury stores or people that had, um, you know, 10 plus years experience in the fashion industry uh, or people that had a strong experience in e-commerce. We would network with these people on LinkedIn um, and basically say, look, do you mind if we go for coffee? I'd love to pick your brain Um, and hopefully, you know, you can learn something from us as well. So that's that's kind of how we went about things. And uh, yeah, I can honestly say in the last few years, we've networked a lot, especially in Ireland. And you'll always benefit from that.
0: Oh, I completely agree with you. And you can get so much from people and you have solid experience too. So it's not like you're just, you're just on the ask. You're very much given, you know, any, any, uh, knowledge or insight you can offer as well. You know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like this here. you know, where we're just talking, um, we're just, uh, you know, asking questions and giving honest answers and, you know, um, you know, bad things included, like what didn't work, what did work and just trying to help mitigate, um, you know, the pitfalls and the common pitfalls of things like this. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, one thing that people were always able to learn for myself was, like I said, Shopify or the online game. And that's something that perhaps the other people that I met with didn't have because they'd be in the traditional retail space. So, uh, yeah, always look at what you can add to others as well when you when you go about something like that.
0: And so where can where can people find you if they were looking to get in touch or if they were looking to find your stores?
1: Yes. Yeah, so look, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to reach out. Um, and if it's your, the products that you're looking for, you can find us on mrjenks.com um, or in the retail stores across Ireland which and the UK, which are also listed online.
0: Perfect, William. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today and telling us a little bit more about your journey. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I hope that you found this inspiring, actionable and full of knowledge for those of you who are looking to set out and create your own business and also those who have a business and are looking to scale it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you share, download, give us a rating on iTunes. Do all that good stuff so that we can reach more entrepreneurs and digital nomads around the world. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.